Welcome to the Man Talk Show, Training for Men, Answers for Women. I'm Connor Beaton, and today we're going to be talking about ending relationship complacency. Now, recently, I made a post on Instagram, and it was a, a photo of Vienna and I, and I was talking about how we, as a couple, call each other forward and deal with complacency in the relationship because the reality is we can get very stagnant in relationships. And I think this is a, a big fear that a lot of people have, at least um, that I've noticed a lot of men have, right? We have this fear that our freedom is going to be infringed on, that the relationship will get boring, that, you know, the the marriage will go on and sex will diminish and the excitement will sort of fizzle out within the relationship. Um, and so there's a very real concern that the relationship will become not a vehicle for growth and transformation, uh, but rather a vehicle for complacency and stagnation. And so um, so I talked a little bit about how to actually start to move through that. I'm going to expand on this in this mini episode. But before I do that, um, what I do want to say is two things. First and foremost, uh, for all the couples that are out there that are looking to do some of this work, maybe you've become a little bit complacent in the relationship. Maybe you're looking to reignite the spark, or maybe you're just looking to uh, get to know each other a little bit better and do some work on the relationship to help you move through some of the reincurring conflict and arguments that happen. Uh, you will definitely want to check out the program that Vienna and I created last year. We've had over a thousand people go through it. Uh, it's very comprehensive. It's six weeks long, and we dive into conflict, communication, boundaries boundaries, sex and intimacy, the whole nine yards. Um, so if you're interested in that, if you are looking to uh, have a tool and a resource to help you and your relationship with your partner, uh, get out of complacency or reignite uh, some fire or give you some tools to help navigate conflict a little bit more effectively, then you will definitely want to head on over to my Instagram page and click the link in the bio and you'll see uh, Get the Love You Want, which is the six-week program. It's very comprehensive and there's a lot to it. So I hope you check it out. Okay. Let's talk about this. Uh, let's let's dive right into this. How do we end relationship complacency? Well, first and foremost, we need to know that it's going to happen. It's it's going to come up, and this this actually uh, came about because I had a, a bunch of people reach out after I made my post and say, "Hey, this is amazing. I love this. How do I actually do this?" And I read you off somebody's question. Uh, so a gentleman reached out and said, hi, Connor, I'm just wondering in regards to your recent post, how do you accept feedback about complacency from your significant other? I feel like it's fairly easy uh, for me to identify and call my other person, uh, my, my partner forward, but it's, it's always, I always get stuck at taking that feedback on and then implementing it, um, which means that we go in full, full circles and get nowhere. So any advice on this would be much appreciated. Uh, well, here's the deal. So that's kind of, there's two parts to that, right? The first part is how do we, uh, how do we end complacency? And the second part is how do we give and receive feedback? So I'm going to talk about both of those things, um, focusing in on the first and trying to provide some tactical, practical resources for the feedback part of it. So, all right. How do we end relationship complacency? The first thing that I would encourage you to do is to commit to one thing that you are going to stop punishing your partner for. Now, that might sound a little bit weird or jarring, so I'm going to expand on this. Most of the time, after working with a ton of couples and hundreds and hundreds of people, 
I have come to know <laughs> that many of us hold grudges in the relationship. We hold on to things in the relationship. And we use these things, whether it's a past event or a behavior or whatever the case may be, we use these things to sort of punish our partner. And then we have means of punishment, right? Maybe we ignore them. Maybe we uh, say hurtful things. Maybe we shut down. Maybe we, you know, make rude comments about them or, you know, tell them that they always act a certain way in a very condescending way. But we hold on to things and we punish our partner for those things. And that can create complacency in the relationship because what it signals to us and it signals to our partner, if we allow this behavior to continue to go on, and if we allow ourselves to accumulate more and more and more things that we are punishing our partner for, what it eventually does is it starts to cripple our ability as a couple, as a unit to create growth and expansion within the relationship. And that is one of the main functions of a healthy monogamous relationship or any form of relationship. It the, One of its main functions should naturally be uh, supporting the individuals within the relational dynamic to expand, to grow mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, sexually, in all of these ways. So the more that we're holding on to and the more that we're punishing our partner, the 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 more we are restricted and diminished in our ability to get out of and break free from complacency. And generally, these are the things that are holding us down. These are the things that are weighing us down in the relationship. So I want you to think about one thing that you know in your mind and in your heart and when no one else is looking, that you know you punish your partner for uh, in an unhealthy way. Um, I don't know if there is a healthy way, but I guess that would get it into like a BDSM com commentary uh, and conversation. And I'll, I'll just leave that one uh, off the table for right now. So think of one way that you know that you punish your partner. Write it down, distill it as best as you can, and have a dialogue with your partner where you own this, where you say, hey, um, I, I want for us to be better partners to each other. And so I'm going to own that sometimes I punish you for not communicating your emotions to me by being very volatile and lashing out and attacking you. And so I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm not going to punish you for that. What I'm going to do instead is ask ask for what I need or inquire with you about how you're doing. So start to take ownership over that. The second piece is starting to do new things together. So there's an immense amount of research that shows that couples maintain uh, connection and expand connection, especially in the beginning of the relationship. In the beginning of the relationship, doing new things together is what can create an immense amount of intimacy, of connection, because you are sharing this new experience. And for many of us, it's, it's why when you go on a date with somebody and they're like, Hey, do you want to go see a movie? And it's like your first or second date. You're like, no, I don't. I, of course I don't want to go do that. I don't want to go sit in a movie theater and not talk to you. Like that's ridiculous. Um, <laughs> so doing new things together has been, there has been scientifically proven to help create a deeper connection within the relationship because you're, you're, you're releasing dopamine, uh, within, within your system, you're releasing serotonin is starting to be produced because you're doing new things that are enjoyable. You're seeing new things, you're, you're experiencing new things. And all of that creates new memories, 
right? So you probably don't remember, you know, date number 52 of your last relationship when you went and saw a movie or date number five with, you know, that, you know, your new partner when you go and see a movie, but you probably will remember date number five if you go skydiving together and it's your first time, or you go to a museum that you've never been to together, or you have a shared experience at a restaurant and it's and it's so bad. It's such a bad experience that that becomes uh, a connection point between the two of you. So do new things together, whatever those new things might be, whether it's spontaneous, whether it's planned, I'll leave that up to you, but do new things together. Uh, thirdly, ask the curious questions. So if you really want to stay engaged in your partnership, one of the main things that you want to do is get a little bit more curious about the other person's experience and to dig into uh, why it's important, why things are important to them, what they're going through, et cetera, et cetera. What happens in relationships as time goes on is that people fall into communication grooves. And oftentimes we, you know, if you've been dating somebody or married for a few years, uh, maybe a decade or so, you can fall into these communication patterns where you stop asking the curious questions about what that was like for that person. And that can create an immense amount of stagnation and complacency because you are assuming that you know what the other person is feeling or thinking or how a, you know, a specific event unfolded for them. And because of that, the other person can feel like you are not interested in them or their experience and that will diminish uh, the relationship. So start to ask curious questions, something like, what was that like for you? What was that experience like? How did you feel about that? You know, um, what, what surprised you about that event? Start to ask questions that elicit uh, different responses. And if you feel like you are not equipped at asking very good questions, then start to learn about how to do that. You can study things like Gestalt. Um, Gestalt is a very specific type of question asking, but it can also uh, help you uh, become much more proficient at asking great questions. So I'm going to share two more things with you. One is going to be about the feedback. And so I'm going to leave that for last. So, so next is create shared goals. Really, really well-connected couples will have their own individual goals for their own health, for their own finances, uh, whatever it might be career-wise, um, et cetera. And then they'll also have shared goals as a couple. So that might be, uh, you know, starting a family, it might be a home, it might be, um, you know, somewhere that you want to travel together, again, experiences that you want to have. So again, the shared goals can incorporate the new things that you want to do together. Uh, and so you can kind of take you know different parts of this list that I'm giving you and merge them together. So create shared goals together. This is something that Vienna and I do all the time, um, whether it's within our work, whether it's within our, our lives, our lifestyle, uh, all, all the different areas of our life. And it's incredibly, incredibly enjoyable. And it gives you something to connect on. Okay, the last piece is create feedback opportunities and delivery mechanisms. Now, this is going to be a little bit more tactical uh, and specific than I normally uh, go. So I would just say, if you want, grab a pen and paper uh, and make sure that you write some notes on this one, because this is a big one. And I'll probably end up doing a different mini episode to, to go a little bit deeper in this. But how we start to end relational complacency is that we create opportunities, safe 
and specific opportunities with very clear delivery mechanisms on how we're going to provide one another with feedback. Because the reality is most of us are shit at receiving feedback and many of us are not very good at delivering it. So, so how do we do this? Well, first and foremost, we need to create the opportunity for the feedback to happen. So here's a, here's a very quick no-no when it comes to feedback. When your partner walks in the door from work, probably not a good time to deliver feedback. They're probably not open to it. They're probably thinking about a billion other things. So create very specific timeframes where you and your partner agree that you're going to do a relational check-in. And I've talked about the check-in before. I'll probably talk about it again, but create an opportunity. Maybe it's once a month where you agree to go for a walk uh, or you agree to have a sit down in the park or somewhere nice and beautiful. Try and do it outside of your apartment, try and do it outside of your bedroom, try and find a space that the two of you can connect in that just feels connective, that feels grounding. Okay. And this, this space is going to be very specific, um, in terms of giving feedback. So you'll, you and your partner will need to sit down and say, you know, have a conversation about, Hey, I would like to create the opportunity for us to check in with each other and potentially give us feedback. Are you open to that? That's a very good way to position it. Um, and you might not be with someone who's open to doing a relationship check-in. You might not be with someone who's open to doing feedback. And then that's a very different conversation because you want to get curious about why they're not open to that. Uh, so create a time where that you two can can check in. And it doesn't have to be something that you adhere to on a monthly basis where you say, okay, the first Sunday of every month, we're going to check in with each other. You might do it like that, or it might be something that you commit to as a couple and you say, okay, once a month, let's just check in with each other and we'll both be responsible for that. And so you can go to your partner and say, hey, you know, tonight, let's do our relationship check-in. Are you, are you on board with that? Do you have the mental space for that? And they can say yes or no. Uh, then, then you want to cultivate the delivery mechanism. So the delivery mechanism is basically the how of how you give the feedback right? So what we usually use, what Vienna and I use, and what we teach a lot of couples is to sit and face one another and to have some time to just breathe and connect with one another, eye contact, really allow yourself to, to get present in that moment, to rid yourself of distractions, no TV blaring, uh, you know, no cell phones going off and just sit facing each other, Take you know at least thirty to sixty seconds to just maintain eye contact and breathe a bit, so that you're in this, you're in there together, right? You're in it. You can connect with each other. Then the phrase that you can use is something I want you to know, or something I'd like to call you forward on is, and something I want you to know is a very open-ended statement because it can be something like something I want you to know is that I feel like you haven't been holding up your uh, end of the bargain when it comes to doing the chores around the home, right? So something I want you to know is I've had to take the garbage out every single day. Uh, and, and we've both agreed that this is, that this is your responsibility. And the other person will say, thank you. There's no argument. There's no disagreeing. It is just a space to deliver and receive feedback. Okay. And generally you'll want to share two or three things that might be constructive feedback. And then you'll want to share two or three things that are positive feedback, things that are 
uh, you know, something that I want you to know is I've really appreciated how much of an effort you've made to connect with me every single day and check in to make sure that I'm doing okay, uh, considering that, you know, just lost my job last week or whatever the case may be. So you'll want to couple the constructive feedback with the positive feedback, okay? And what you'll do is you have one person go first and they'll, you'll share the, the constructive feedback the other person will share the constructive feedback and then you'll share positive feedback and they will share positive feedback. So this is one of the easiest ways to do it. It's a, a very safe container. You, you create the space. You have an agreement that you're going to do this as a couple. Uh, and, and maybe it's something that you do once a quarter, maybe it's something that you do once a month, but you carve out specific time to make sure that you have an environment of being able to to, to give and to receive feedback. Now, there will probably be other conversations after this. I'm just giving you uh, the, the how of how you can create the feedback opportunity and the delivery mechanism. There will be other parts to this that obviously some things will come up that you'll need to discuss further uh, within the dynamic and I will talk about that on a separate episode, but this is just to get you started. So hopefully you enjoyed this. These are some of the main pieces that I've found over the years that really help to reduce and uh, re- relational conf- uh, complacency. So I hope that you implement just one of these, right? Listen to this with your partner, send this to your partner, ask them if there's one of these things that they would like to commit to uh, that they feel like would be helpful for the two of you. Um, Because the reality is most of us have relationships that are non-confrontational, that are non-feedback oriented. And most of us have relationships, friendships, family relationships, work relationships where feedback doesn't happen. And it allows us to play small, to play safe, to become stagnant, to become complacent in our own lives. And so one of the things that I really firmly believe is that healthy, intimate relationships can be a very powerful vehicle for transformation, for growth, for getting out of that complacency loop as so long as you have two willing partners who are willing to do the work. So thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, Make sure that you share it with with one person. And please leave us a rating and review. It goes a long, long, long way to getting us onto the phones and into the ears of other people. Um, So until next week, this is Connor Beaton signing off.